0: Well, Happy New Year. It's January 1st, and so Happy New Year to you, Evie.
1: Happy New Year, Ray, and to everybody else, our audience who's been loyal. Thank you for
0: yeah, that. we reached the one-year anniversary of our show, so it's been one year almost to this date. I'm so sorry, yeah. the third of last year. So uh, hopefully 2021 will be a better year. Exactly. <laughs> we well, hope. it only go up, right? So we'll True. Hope. We hope. Yeah. So All right, so let's get into this. Age of Ultron. Uh, it's a good way to kick it off. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Written and directed by Josh Whedon, uh, Whedon who did the first Avengers movie too. Uh, the story was did them, the first story was by Zach Penn, but like Whedon was the one who did all the character development and the stories. And and in between these two Avengers and Age of Ultron, he also did he was the *Creator*, and one of the head writers for uh, *Agents of Shield*. So he was really busy, you know.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: So. That's why, and the guys from Marvel, Marvel and Disney wanted to give him the keys to the castle, but like at this point, he was saying, "I'm out," you know. It's it's, it's too much to do for one man in like in the space of two years. So that's why, when you look at the next film, which was Civil War, it was done by two writers, McFeely and Marcus, and two directors, the, the Russo brothers, and they went on to do again the, the two yeah. writers, two directors for Infinity War, and two writers, directors for Endgame. You know, whereas. Josh Whedon was doing all of that by himself, writing and directing. So, wow!
1: Big uh, job. Doing
0: it, plus, doing a TV series within within two years. So, uh, yeah, he was going insane. I kind of understand that, and I think he handled the show with, with a lot of grace. And I, yep. I thought it was. Uh, I think there was parts of it uh, that was was really well done. Oh, for sure. Uh, now, there's some story arcs that do. I mean, I mean, unlike the first one, I think the stories. Well, first of all, I think the characters, the way, one of the things that make Josh Whedon such an amazing writer for Buffy is that he can make these characters come alive in his story, in his writing. So when they have a little nuances of talking amongst themselves, it's funny, uh, it's, it's to the point, but there's a, there's a great deal of brevity and it's believability. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just adds a different layer of realism and authenticity to uh, the characters. So just in terms of just the overall experience, what was your experience from this movie? If you want to include... When you first saw this movie, uh, like, way back when, 2015?
1: When I first um, saw this movie, I thought it was really cool because you had a lot of um, heroes and villains in it. You know, it's first time I've seen that rather than, like, maybe a couple vil- villains just like the um, X-Men or something, plus villains. Right. Wow, I thought that was really... Well done. But there was also a lot to even um, take into, you know, because you had so much um, uh, information. But other than that, it was a great, great movie. You know, there was, you know, um, all of the the, um, superheroes and villains would like make fun of each other. Uh, Special effects were good. Scenery was great. Um, That's why I had to watch it a second time. Although it was still an amazing movie, that's why I had to rewatch it. How about you? Uh,
0: what Josh brings to the table, it's just phenomenal. I've watched Angel, I' watched Buffy, I've watched Firefly, I saw Serenity. Uh, I think like he understands how to write for women, he understands how to write a scene and really understand you, what makes it stand out are the nuances of, uh, between characters. You know? mm. okay. it's, not just, it's not necessarily the, the gaps in time. It's not just a straightforward action film. Uh, these are living, breathing people that has dimension and depth. Yeah, and, you're right. And every every and he tried to give every character an arc. I mean, I mean, if you look at it, Captain America didn't really have an arc. Um, and I think he, he combined Black Widow and the Hulk together was one arc. Yeah. Rather than giving every and it's a, well because it's, it's a bigger roster, so uh, you have to have and you only have so much time to tell. So. True. I I I understand like you have you have to give some. Some allowances. So um, let's get into some of the things. What does it do well? Well, for me, I thought um, it it makes. I, I don't know if you agree with. It. I think Iron Man three, as a result of this, became insignificant. And and I say that because I left. I liked Iron Man three. Don't get me wrong. I liked Harley, the little boy, and uh, and how what he overcame, and then just kind of became a detective story. Uh, mm-hmm. There was too many overlaps. For example, I mean, the House Party Protocol, we had all those Iron Mans in Iron Man 3. You mm-hmm. have the Iron Legion here in this one. Because in the end, he blew up all the, all the robots, all the armor. Yeah. Yet in here, they're back again. Uh, mm-hmm. He was having panic panic attacks in um, the third movie. Mm-hmm. This one, uh, he, he was cured of the panic attacks, but now he has nightmares being induced into him by Scarlet Witch. Okay. So realistically, you couldn't—you could actually bypass episode three of, of Iron Man and just have this, and you still have all those uh, uh, mechanics of what okay. made Iron Man so special. Right. The only thing—the only thing Iron Man three is is important to this movie is the fact that uh, uh, Aldrin Killijic's, uh brain mapping, where he has like he had—you know—he had the little thing in the back of his ear, yeah, his brain and the impulses that are going on. Mm-hmm. Well, when we look at Jarvis and uh, Ultron, we got the brains of those two AIs. That yeah. Was, so that's the only given um, gift from Iron Man 3 that got passed on to Age of Ultron. It's just, wow. I mean, yeah. You're right. Uh, and everything else, no, I mean, maybe maybe Harley. Uh, if Harley has a significant role uh, post-Endgame, uh, mm-hmm. we see him in, uh, for those who don't know who the kid was in the movie, at the sure. last scene, that's Harley. So, Going back to this, I think a lot of it's more of tell me, not show me, in, in the sense that um, the opening sequence is in Sokovia. They're invading Sokovia to get the, the scepter.
1: Yeah.
0: One of the things that I found that was unique, or not unique, but um, like, okay, that, that bothered me was okay, the last line given in the Avengers was, was Maria Hill and uh, Nick Fury. It mm-hmm. goes, well, what happens if we need them again? You know, And, and they'll know because they'll, they'll come together when we need them, right? In all the films that in in uh, Phase Phase Two, there is this instance where they could have teamed up with Avengers uh, members of the Avengers. Yet it was solo films. Yeah, for example, right. when the president got kidnapped in Three, mm-hmm. could have had Captain America join in that sense, right? In In Winter Soldier, could have had Iron Man in the War Machine, or in this case, uh, Iron yeah. Patriot, because he's got he's wanted for treason. So you would have to have the military and the American government going after Captain America, and someone who could match him would be yeah. the War Machine, or would be the um, Iron Patriot. Yeah, we, we never had that. With Thor uh, uh, Dark World, it's an actual alien invasion on England. That's mm-hmm. an Avenger level event. That's an actual invasion. No one came. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then when we have the Avengers Age of Ultron, they're going after mm-hmm. Baron Strucker for a separate, right. <laughs> only humans. So, And, and none of them were, were around for anybody else. No. So it was. It was so that made very little sense in terms of like, that's not. He's not a big level. He's not a high level risk to, oh, to get anything. Right. You're right. So that doesn't gel well with me in terms of. Mm-hmm. It, it's nice to have him there, but they could have been used before. You know, and the fact that yeah. Thor's back on Earth, they don't explain well. He's back on Earth, and how the scepter. Well, the scepter is only explained because because of, of the bonus scene we have at the end of Avengers. Yeah, Twins and the Scepter. Without that, it wouldn't really explain um, how they got there. Yeah, and you're if right. You're a fan of Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Theta Protocol and, and the fact that uh, Strucker was at Sokovia is actually told to you in the final episode, episode 18 of Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., the setup oh, for... Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. So, so that was what I was going into. So what about you?
1: All of those things I never really thought about. All right. Like to be um, honest with you, I just I don't know maybe I just checked my mind at the door and just went to, you know just focus on the action and stuff. So yeah, I guess there was loss of um, continuation there, but I just didn't see it. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Well, let me let me throw this to you. Okay. So in the opening sequence, when they're stopping, um, showing stro- like these long range missiles to Sokovia. Yeah. So he sends out. So uh, Tony sends out the Iron Legion to protect the citizens of Sarkovia Yeah, we see two things that stand out to for me, and one was on the wall. There's a like a, bank, a Banksy, like drawings of Iron Man, and right? They have him like looking. <clears throat> the villagers are, are. They really hate Stark. They really hate Iron Man. It's like there's sure. someone throws an, an acid bottle at one of the ma- At one of the yeah. robots. Yeah. All right. So, and then we learn in a dialogue only given by uh, Scarlet Witch that. When, the, when a bomb came down, it said Stark, price is on, and we were trapped in the house.
1: Right, okay. We're 10 years old, having dinner, the four of us. And the first shell hits, two floors below, it makes a hole in the floor. It's big. Our parents go in, roll under the bed, and the second shell hits, but it doesn't go off. It just sits there in the rubble three feet from our faces. Did one word?
0: Stark. To save us, every shift in the bricks, I think this will set it off.
1: We wait for two days for Tony Stark to kill us. I know what they are. I wondered why only you two survived Strucker's experiments. Now I don't
0: they volunteered to do the Stalker experiments to become Scarlet Witch and the speed demon that he was, Yeah. Uh, Pedro was because they wanted revenge on Stark. And, and the understanding was that like the weapons that Stark designed when he was a warmonger was weapons they used to destroy Sokovia. And that's why the people of Sokovia hate Stark so severely. Even though he's an Avenger, right? Uh, they have deep-rooted uh, hatred towards the man himself because he represents... All the misery they experienced and lost.
1: Yeah, see, there you go. I see that that totally uh, went over my head, but but still, still, I thought the movie was just okay. I right. would give it maybe like a.
0: Oh, before, before you give it, before you give a rating, that's for the end. But okay, here's no, I'll throw one more thing at you then. Right, okay. So when we get to the scene where um, okay, I mentioned I mentioned this to you before. I viewed Stark as a villain. In this one, because of his obsession to design the design Ultron to go ahead with it. Now, of course, yeah, the argument is yes, uh, he uh, was manipulated by Scarlet Witch to see the end of the dying yeah. of his teammates, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, he convinced Thor to leave the staff with him so he can examine it and find mm-hmm. the AI on it to, to produce right. Ultron. He recklessly designed the the visions uh, program, You're right? Um, oh. And without any disregard of thinking of any type of Backlash after experiencing within days of having Ultron, you know, wipe them all out. So, uh, you know, and the and the way he treats the the Iron Legion too, because they, they come to me. This is this is where you get racial because this is where they, he treats his own robots, his machines, as third rate citizens. They go through the back door, mm-hmm. and they come in after uh, Sokovia. They they go through the side entrance.
1: Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Like
0: slaves back in the day, they go through the servants' quarters. Yeah. They weren't treated as like it's his creations, but he doesn't treat them. His creations, as like he doesn't respect his creations, like he'll tear them apart, put them back together again, with disregard of his what he does with it. Wow! And then, and of course, the need of the uprising was Ultron manipulating those same robots that, that take that were taken apart mm. and to build his own army against uh, Stark. So I thought that was interesting. How, uh, in on various various facets, you can look at Stark as demonize him in a certain way, right? All those things. Yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, he's selfish. He always has been selfish, you know. He just cares about himself. Yeah, you know, and 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 so like in the end of the last Last Avengers movie, I'm like, well, good. He he died <laughs> or whatever. No, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, Stark is selfish. Although, like the last deed he did, by actually. Um, taking the brunt of what Thanos? What, yeah, Thanos died.
0: Yeah, you well, know. I agree, and I I also add to that too. Uh, the only defense, the only defense, well, not defense. The only thing I will say to that is the scene where in, in Age of Ultron, when he goes into the farm and Nick Fury is waiting for him.
1: Yeah,
0: and he, and that's the first time he actually reveals that, you know, he had the dream and he sees mm-hmm. it. And, you know, like everyone lives, everyone dies but me, and he feels guilty. Yeah. And he can he it was nothing he can do to stop it. No. So now I think knowing that, that, that like I guess self-fulfilling prophecy of knowing that um, I could do now something that could save everybody, but yeah. I can save myself.
1: Right. Oh wow, okay.
0: You know, with Peter, you know, with the Avengers from his visions, because he was mm-hmm. like, he was obsessed with everyone's death weighing on him and he, yeah. he should, like feeling that guilt. He he was able to do it now where everyone will live. And he will be happy to die in exchange for everyone to live. Wow! So yeah, you're based right. on what he said with with Fury, like when he sure. with that. So, in that sense, I saw there are parables in in terms of like how the how the character, the dynamic of the character, is like against deep. Like, it,
1: it, yeah, it's, you're yeah.
0: right. Yeah.
1: Wow. Um,
0: yeah. This is I'm jumping ahead to a, another movie, but like when you watch uh, Homecoming. Yeah. If you listen to everything he says to Peter Parker in that, like, like I'm responsible for you. When you see it it means it's just I because mean, Parker over he overcomes everything and it's a happy ending right right but after seeing uh infinity war and after Peter's death he witnesses mm. it everything he says comes true in that dialogue mm. all the fears he had over Peter being his responsibility from that from every line he's given given so every line he gives to Peter when they're talking
1: right.
0: comes into fruition in uh, infinity war and yeah, right. to to the Nth degree more so. So I thought so I'm I'm thinking about something else, but like this these are compounding issues I find that make Stark a, a unique character for his sacrifice at the end. So so picture uh-huh. So thinking in terms of the long game, thinking where you end off at, right. all what he's lost and what he's living with, which is right, you okay. both in his discussion with Nick Fury and in with his discussion, the countering of the discussion with Peter. Right, uh, okay. It comes full circle with his sacrifice. So with that you could cry almost with that kind of yeah. Head. Um, heavy, is the head, heavy, heavy is the head that holds the crown kind of deal. Yeah.
1: Heavy is the head that, yeah, you're right.
0: You know, so and I got that uh, a pathos with the character. So mm-hmm. in terms of the writing, that's why I thought the writing is very, very rich in, in storytelling yet. So you come up with him looking like a villain, but when you, when you go into the actual story itself, I mean, he, he is there. It's coming from a place of deep loss and, 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 uh, yeah, so uh uh that it's that's where I got the dichotomy of, of characters
1: you know? awesome that is that is rich man that is something to think about that so then overall, what would you give
0: so uh I will give this uh movie now people i don't don't i mean i, I understand how well, how people can get upset with it uh, I'm giving this a an eight out of ten uh, i didn't I didn't hate it I thought it was really good and then when I watched um Commentary from Josh Whedon and what was going on, I appreciated it more. Uh, but from a viewer's so without the without the commentary, without the um, outside noise, mm-hmm. I still thought it was pretty good. I thought it was, I, I enjoyed it uh, right away. I some of the fight sequences were it was a little jarring in theater yep. where I saw for the first time, like when they found the cathedral with all those Ultrons. Right, it was too much for me to to, to, to take. So uh, that's out of the movie experience, but it, it could be the, the screen, it could be the theater I was at. So. I saw it in three D and I kind of lost my thought there. Okay, but it's an eight for me.
1: Okay, yeah, I'd, I'd give it like a seven point five. It was good, but a lot going on. And from what you told me, I hate Stark. No, I don't. no, I don't. But it was really well done, and yeah, you know, one of those. Yeah, um, yeah, there was a whole lot in there, you know, that it was good. That when you spoke, you kind of fleshed it all out again you know, way to go, right? That was Thanks, awesome.
0: What would you recommend as a double feature that would best complement this movie with another movie?
1: To nice. complement this movie with another one? Yeah. Of course, Endgame. Okay. Endgame definitely, you know, from 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 what you said and the uh premonition of what's going to happen and what does happen when uh Iron Man died, but not so much right now knowing how selfish he was.
0: Well, yeah. He's a, well, I can't say the word on the air, but yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, I'm going to use a okay now for my double feature. Uh, this is based on what Josh was saying too, and that this is something that I was seeing. It's, it's only from a scene. It's not. It's not the actual my experience from the movie. Uh, for for the scene uh, where he, where Thor goes, is that, is that the best you got? And, and 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 then the response from Ultron was like, oh, "This is the best I got." And then he gets all the Ultron's coming out of the, out of the woodwork to attack them. In the central city part of um, Sokovia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now, not only does it look like uh, Attack World, World War Z with all the zombies, but this reminds me of Day of the Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead, uh, the early, early 80s. Yeah. Um, not, the, not the most current ones from uh, Georgia Romero. Colorscape of oh, or the palette is sort of like decay, and it's like it is like the the, the walking zombies are attacking.
1: Mm, you know? Right.
0: So, so, so Georgia Romero's um, that scene reminds me heavily of that. Cool. In terms of our in terms of a visual element, that's what it reminded me of. Uh, cool. But for the film itself, I mean, there's a lot of, like things I've just mentioned too. Uh, prior is is what the movie can represent, like of other films. But, cool. Uh, I just Romero's sequence there was what stood out for me the most. Cool. All right. Okay. So when we, as you mentioned before, we talked about nightmares. Uh, what strong Witch gave these like, every Avenger a nightmare. Now, do you think it's just a nightmare, or do you think it's a a foretelling of the future?
1: I think just a nightmare, because she wanted them to act a certain way. So her thoughts kind of, she wanted those thoughts to, to, I guess, lead to what she wanted. Right. I thought.
0: Because I I, I thought somehow it kind of triggered some sort of future, because you do get the alien invasion with Stark, and then... And coincidentally, we're going to get the Black Widow where we see her past working right. in the going back to Russia, and she was already spooked by it. Yeah. So, Black Widow's coming up soon, and hopefully you and I will get this watch soon. Yep.
1: <laughs> Amazing, dude. And, uh, yeah.
0: and, then, and then with Captain America, I mean, his his fear is not being able to fight. Yeah, so, you're right. So, his nightmare was like being a soldier and not being able to, because he, he listened to, to be a soldier to fight. <laughs> And the fight's over, and he missed his time being frozen in ice. So, yeah, be a man out of time, you know, and no, and no one to talk to or be around. It, that was true, the- true. So, uh, that was those are well, those are my initial thoughts of the. Of the yeah.
1: Movie. Well, Ray, thank you for your thoughts, and and yeah, it was this was great. What a great movie, and um, yeah, um, well, I'm. Cool. Av-
0: we got to go to the email bag. Oh,
1: so. we got email bag
0: okay yeah so let me get out the email bag first all right because this is our first show for the year I, i'm going to give explain our our, our reader um repender is our writer repender was the first person who wrote to us and he sent us an email uh for every mcu film we'll, we'll be reviewing in the future as well as every marvel uh, season uh, of the netflix seasons so out of respect and out of appreciation for his commitment to write to us we figure we will have him in, for sure to start off, kick off our reviews of the MCU uh, reviews. E- emails. Uh, now, of course, uh, repender never left his address of where he is, where he's from, so we're going to make up uh, for us. It's kind of a fun joke for ourselves. And because he follows a pattern uh, that's sort of familiar in all his emails, um, we're looking at repender as nothing more than comic relief. Though so we appreciate uh, him s- signing into us, and because of that, we will acknowledge him and put him in Every single email because he wrote to us for every single show. So, uh, with that, uh, you'll see if you don't understand what I'm saying, if you listen to our reviews with MCU movies and you hear Repender's uh, comments, you'll see a, a pattern forming. And even though we're even though it seems to be kind of mean to Repender, we're not. Repender is comic relief, and that's how we look at it.
1: Well, um, Repender in Age of Ultra, Ultrons says- has. I hate it, and he's from Battle Creek, Michigan.
0: That was from Lucy D'Annunzio from Toronto, and she writes While not a perfect film, this is a good superhero film. It has charming characters, good actors, a good villain, and a good action, and I recommend it.
1: And a guy named EC from Prince George, Alberta says, My least favorite Avengers film, but I still thought that it was a pretty good sequel. James Spader does a great job as Ultron in this film by EC.
0: And last but not least, we have Matthew S. from Buffalo, New York. And Matthew S. writes, Avengers Age of Ultron doesn't get enough love from its MCU fan base. I really enjoy the hell out of this film. The action is fantastic, and the character's connection absolutely perfect. The plot is pretty decent, but the villain is a little weak. Uh, James Spader is an incredible actor, but the, the character he portrays is just missing something. Overall, I think that's why it just gets an okay from a lot of fans, but I think it's a fantastic MCU film. Cool. Thanks, Ray. Well, that concludes our show. Uh, before we go, we ask you to hit subscribe down below, and if you got a chance, uh, send us an email at thepantheonofm at gmail.com as we are going to be re- reviewing all of Phase 3 films this uh, throughout this year. We'll be reading out your emails and giving you acknowledgement on the audio portion of the podcast. Also, if you uh, have watched any of the seasons of uh, Marvel's Netflix series, whether it's Iron Fist, Defenders, Luke Cage, uh, we encourage you to send us an email on your thoughts of a particular season. We'll be doing season one of Jessica Jones uh, in upcoming weeks. So if you want to send that first, we'll love to hear your comments or your ideas or your thoughts of season one. Uh, personally, season one, I had mixed feelings on the pacing of it, but I enjoyed the season. Uh, I just watched it again, and uh, there's I liked it more on the second go-around, I'll say that. But we'd love to hear your thoughts, and if you've seen it or, or have fond memories of it, um, it's it's something we will look forward to hearing from you. So uh, on behalf of Evie and myself, we we'll say thank you, Happy New Year, and we'll see you next week. Take care.
1: I'm going to show you something beautiful. Everyone screaming for mercy. You want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. You're all puppets. Tangled in strings. Strange.